Hello everybody and welcome to a brand new edition of Kavam, a bonus episode, we're still going to call it episode 11, the next one, but it is kind of a bonus edition because quite uh, slightly unluckily and ironically, um, I posted the last episode of Kavam on the day that season 17 was announced. We, okay, we recorded it a couple of days before, but I actually posted it literally like two hours after they announced season 17. So sorry you guys didn't get to hear about season 17 in the previous podcast, but that's why we're here for this one. Um, we're going to have a quick little sort of bonus podcast, slightly short, shorter than normal, where we're just going to chat about season 17, about the box set, about you know what we're excited for based on what they've announced um, for it. And yeah, our general hopes for season 17 um, and the Blu-ray. And of course, we'll talk a little bit about Doctor Who Flux, because that has also been the big announcement of the week. Um, of course, as always, I am joined by Ryan and Charlie. Guys, how are you getting on? It has been really good. Um, uh, very exciting, considering this week we've had a lot of Doctor Who news. So mm. It's definitely been, they've definitely built up more Doctor Who as it's gone along. Is that right, Charlie? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, very excited for the season 17 box set. Even if it isn't the best season, it should still be quite nice to get another set. And um, obviously, Doctor Who Flux, it's sort of built up my excitement for series 13 somewhat. Indeed, yes. Uh, well, we'll we'll discuss more of it later on about our levels of excitement for series 13. Or is it called Flux? I don't know what we're going to call it now. I guess maybe we're going to call it Flux. We'll chat about that later. Um, first, of course, we're going to be talking about season 17. Now, this is a box set um, that we discussed, I think, a couple of episodes ago. Like, it's been a few weeks since that we've kind of known that it was strongly rumoured to be season 17. Um, and then, of course, on Thursday afternoon um, in, the, in the classic 3 p.m. announcement slot on Twitter, um, they announced that the season 17 Blu-ray would be coming on, as we predicted as well, the 13th of December of this year. So we've only got a couple of months to wait, which is really exciting because I feel like well, with, with season 24, I'm pretty sure didn't they announced it in like January for like a June release. I think it was something like it was a long way in advance. Um, so as much as it's been a long wait for another trailer, it's really nice that we haven't got very long to wait to actually get the box set, albeit that depends on whether they actually produce it on, on deadline for, for release day. And we've seen that, you know, being pushed back a few times in the past. Um, so I'm guessing you guys managed to watch the um, trailer when it first came out. What was your what was your takeaways from the little, you know, trailer that brought back the Destiny of the Daleks Davros played by David Goodison? Uh, Ryan, what was your, when you first saw the um, trailer, what did you think? It actually, even though... I'm pretty sure we'll discuss this a bit later, but even though I'm not a huge fan of Destiny of the Daleks, this scene, this specially shot trailer with Davros, it it was really well done. I mean, Davros is, of course, my favourite Doctor enemy of all time, and so getting the chance to have a trailer shot specifically around him did actually get me really excited. And hearing David Goodison, it's, it's definitely done... It's clear he's doing a much better vocal, more better performance than he did in Destiny, um, because in Destiny he was... I mean, it's not his fault. I think he just got too encumbered by um, a mask which didn't really fit him very popularly, and he was in a chair which didn't completely fit him entirely. So I think he was encumbered in that story. But seeing him with the modulation and everything, it just... It sounded like Davros, and it's like, wow, this is a really good trailer that really builds up hype for a story which admittedly isn't all that amazing but you know it's still an, a, a great trailer nonetheless indeed yeah i i mean i think it, it wasn't quite maybe on the level of the season 
trailer, for example, where we had that like eight minute, almost like mini episode with them kind of going through all the villains of the season with um, Sylvester and um, Bonnie Langford and everything. Like, I'm not saying it was bad. It was still, you know, a fun little moment. As you say, it was great to see the David Goodison Davros back um, for a little teaser clip. But I felt like it wasn't, you know, quite as ambitious maybe as, as some of the previous ones. But then I don't think everyone needs to be quite to that extent. Um, Charlie, did you have similar feelings on, on the trailer when you got to see it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think um, I wasn't as surprised as I was for when the season 24 box it was announced because, you know, we were all expecting it. It was kind of obvious, um, but it was nice to see it. The cover looks fantastic. I, I do actually really like just seeing what it will look like. Um, and generally, like, I, I'm always very surprised as to how well acted and directed these little things are considering that they're just you know little trailers they don't really have to do them but they do and they do them really well which i'm quite happy about um and yeah i'm really excited for the special features um yeah seeing david goodison as davros again is pretty great um yeah and even though it's not the best season i i am still really looking forward to it mostly because of the fam it's yeah i'm looking forward to it yeah and indeed i mean I look forward to every Blu-ray release. I feel like we probably all look forward to every single Blu-ray, um, even if it's for a season that we don't like. Um, we discussed it before, but let's have a little quick little chat about the season of season 17 before we discuss the van. Um, so there's one there's one obviously good story in this season, which is City of Death. I think we all agree City of Death is pretty good. Um, that's a top tier Doctor Who episode. But outside of that, now... How, how do we look at the rest i i'm charlie i believe you actually don't dislike season 17 that much like you're are you more of a kind of advocate for it than right than maybe you are ryan uh i i'd say i i don't hate it but <laughs> i can't exactly say i like it like it's definitely in the bottom third of classic doctor who seasons but only just wow. you know there's, i feel that there's worse tom baker seasons personally i prefer it to season 18 um wow. i feel I, i've always had a bit of a soft spot for the graham williams era um i just i just really do in, enjoy it i think it's absolutely fantastic um this is definitely the weakest of that in my opinion but the stories yeah there is creature from the pit um and horns of Nymon, but um i don't mind destiny of the daleks that much city of death is obviously fantastic and nightmare of eden is there you know <laughs> I, I just don't think it's um it's that bad yeah, I mean, I, I do probably, I do, I also might agree that I enjoy the season more than season eighteen, which I feel like is slightly controversial. I think the thing is, season eighteen is just kind of very serious, full of ridiculous sciency techno babble that Chris, that Christopher Hamilton Bidmead in all his glory decided that he wanted to do and fill the show with. Whereas season seventeen is actually just quite funny. Maybe it's not always funny for the reason the writers intended. I, I think maybe I enjoy it more for the things that the writers didn't intend to be funny, but actually are really funny, a.k.a. the whole of the Horns of Nymon, Irato from The Creature from the Pit, um, various bits of Nightmare of Eden, some of the acting and things in Nightmare of Eden, and the, the mandrels, and yeah. Uh, Ryan, season 17. Uh, bit Take of it away. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. Um, boy, where do I even start? Um well, firstly, a little bit of a controversy. I slightly prefer season eighteen a bit more to this because it's a bit more of a it's more of a competent season mm. than say season seventeen. I mean, yeah. I mean, as I said, City of Death and to a certain extent, Charder are the mm. most competent stories of this season. Whereas the rest is 
laughably shoddy, even by that era standards. I mean, yeah. I do enjoy it. I do get a laugh at it, but it is mostly for the wrong reasons, <laughs> given the, the varied levels of court. I mean, Destiny of the Daleks, the very first few minutes of Destiny, I think perfectly sets the tone for what to expect for the rest of the season. You have K-9 suddenly having laryngitis for some strange, bizarre reason. Even Tom Baker himself says, how can a robot catch laryngitis? I mean, what do you need it for? Hmm? It's like, it's even he's pointing out just how <laughs> ridiculous... Yeah, this script is nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> then Lala War just suddenly comes on. It's like, I'm the new Romana now. And just like, what? And it's the most weirdest regeneration mm. ever. And then to crown it all off, they look to see where they are. They... The TARDIS screen comes on to show what it's Scarra, and the Tom Baker just goes, oh, look, rocks, and just closes the windows like, yeah, see what done that. <laughs> I think it just perfectly sets <laughs> what's going to happen for the rest of the season. I mm. mean, you had Tatty Daleks, ridiculous-looking Mavellans, and Davros especially, who's meant to be the most evil man in the universe, and yet he's looking so incredibly tattered. He's He's jiggling up and down like as if he's a rubber duck in a bathtub and Tom Baker pushing him about like he's a wheelie bin and it's just I can't take it seriously because it's like and the bit where he's pushing him about there's even comedy music played over it and it's just like am I supposed to be taking this seriously and the minute Davros comes back at the beginning of part three the first thing Tom Baker does is hand him a jelly baby. <laughs> There's no like big grandiose like confrontation. It's just half offering a jelly baby, which that might have something to do with Douglas Adams. I don't know. Um, wow, well, indeed. Then, I mean, and I've already said my piece about Creature from the Pit. I mean, indeed, I'm pretty yeah. ad nauseum about it. Other than, all I can say is just, well, Irato. What else Indeed. is there to say? That's it, yeah. It really is, <laughs> yeah. Nightmare of Eden, as, it, as Charlie perfectly says, it's just there. That's mm. all Nightmare of Eden is. I mean, I think the behind the scenes of Nightmare of Eden is more fascinating than the story itself. Yeah, because of how Just so how troubled of a production it was and how much... The Tom Baker and there was a, a shift halfway through with different directors and all sorts and then I think to crown all of I said Na Horns of Naimon is just utterly ridiculous I mean yeah. with Graham Crowden going Lord Naimon constantly yeah. and, and my dreams of conquest and you meddlesome hussy and all that and, and the Naimon looking the way they do and Tom Baker somehow just giving Canine the kiss of life for some reason in part one and then I think what perfectly sums it up is that when I was watching this for the first time, when I was going through all of Classic yeah. Dot 2, at the end of part one, where there's that cliffhanger where the planet is hurtling towards them and it looks like a round dog biscuit, and Tom Baker just looks at Kane and just goes, it's coming right for us, and he's clutching his head in mock terror. I remember taking a deep sigh and just saying, well, if the fate of the universe is in the hands of these buggers, then God help us. Well, <laughs> indeed, yeah. I think that's what I knew. I think it, the, the warning signs were there that it was the end of Tom's run. I think that, that the signs were there and that it was reaching its ending point. But overall, even though, as I said, most of the stories aren't that good, um, I still get a kick out of watching them. But I think if you watch this, not as your 
traditional, legit Doctor Who season, but a season about this strange, weird, eccentric, middle-aged entertainer who can somehow travel through time and space and thinks he's the saviour of the universe. It's the it's just the most brilliant thing imaginable. <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite an experience this season seventeen. I think that in some ways it's summed up by that scene in I don't know, is it episode two or episode three of Halls of Nymon where well, clearly Tom Baker doesn't like the script very much and a lot of his scenes are written doing not very much. And we get I think probably one of the this well, maybe maybe it's hyperbole, the silliest scene in Doctor Who I've ever seen, when he's in the TARDIS and he starts rattling around with these comedy sound effects playing in the background of, you know, with, the, uh, with, with him trying to do boring things in the TARDIS and we're suddenly playing in comedic sound effects. He's talking to camera. It's it's just bizarre. It, it It's just so... It's clearly he's just got so bored in rehearsals that he's like, how on earth... I'm just going to do what I like to jazz this up. I don't even care anymore. Like, this is so terrible. I'm just going to jazz this up myself. Um, yeah, and, this yeah. is the point where Tom Baker's egomania was starting to reach peak levels. I think... Yeah. Both the combination of him and Douglas Adams, it was a double-edged sword. It when it works, it really works, like in City of Death. But yeah. for the rest, and even to an extent, Sharda. But yeah. and I mean that that's mainly because he's right. Douglas is writing it. But everywhere, the rest of the time, in Tom Baker's just a, a comedian for the rest of it. He's just an and that's just allowed <laughs> to do whatever he wants. And maybe that's why in season eighteen when it was taken a bit more serious again, even despite there being a lot of techno babble, the fact that he was taking it so a bit more seriously again and he was more dark and more edgier, I welcome that like rain in the desert. It was just, it was like after the whole increasing silliness throughout and goofiness throughout the Graham Williams period, it was a bit of a breath of fresh air to go back to something a bit more serious in season 18 despite there being tons of expository techno babble yeah it clearly had gone too far by season 17 and they need to do something about it and season 18 is definitely that that culture change for the show that it needed to get back to something that you could frankly take a bit more seriously um with doctor Who. and so as we transition onto the vam of this first anything interesting thing to note you talked about ryan about the production problems of nightmare of eden um i was reading on twitter the other day that um some of the people who used to work on the DVD range and now work on the Blu-ray range. I think someone tweeted asking why there isn't a making of Nightmare of Eden on this this um, uh, Blu-ray release. I don't think there was a proper making of it. It's like a featurette, but there wasn't a proper making of on the original one. And they basically just said that everybody who worked on it was refused to come and talk about it. Clearly, it was so, like, they just they couldn't get anybody to come and do it. Sometimes the problem is they've all died. But on this occasion, there's people out there, just no one would talk to them. Because clearly it was such a mess in production that nobody wanted to, you know, actually discuss it. So I thought that was quite quite um, an interesting one. But um, we do Obviously get... That didn't surprise me. That did well, not surprise me at all. After... Yeah. And in a way, that featurette on that movie, I think, kind of perfectly sums it all up, really. Just how messed up the production was. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. It really was a shambles, wasn't it? Um, and I'm sure one day we'll go into that in a little bit more detail. Um, but yeah, so this this Blu-ray, um, let's run through quickly some of the van we've got. We've got a new making of documentary for Destiny of the Daleks. Um, did it have a making of? I don't think it did. Did it have a? Pro- did it have a, not have a proper making of? It had like some interview with the director or something. I think wasn't. It? I remember the director chap because it was the only Doctor we ever did. I can't remember his name. Um, but I remember there being that. But I don't think there was a proper uh, making of. So it's really nice to actually have that for a story that maybe isn't that great, but I think is still interesting from a production standpoint. Um, and some sort of new documentary on um, the creature from the pit. It doesn't say a making of, so I'm assuming it's something shorter than that, but 
Um, I don't think there was a proper making of in the first place. So I guess it's just a bit more behind the scenes stuff. Um, then alongside that, we've also got um, uh, a brand new interview with Tom Baker, which is cool, but also seems slightly kind of random because it doesn't really seem to talk anything about how, you know, it's his perspective on season 17 or whatever. It seems to just be, here's an interview with Tom Baker that we filmed recently, um, which I'm sure is going to be great because it's Tom. But also, I'm not quite sure, like, what the angle's going to be on that kind of interview chat. Is it just going to be his thoughts on life at 80-something, however old he is? Or I don't, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Um, <coughs> then <coughs> one of the more interesting things, I think, is personally is a Douglas Adams tribute. Because I don't feel like Douglas Adams has been that well covered in the DVD and Blu-ray range so far. Unfortunately, a lot of it is, of course, because he passed away a long time ago. And so, you know, there's not that many interviews with him. But I think it'll be so nice to give him a proper documentary looking at his life, um, looking at his work on Doctor Who, obviously looking at Hitchhikers as well, because that's frankly what he's more famous for um, than Doctor Who. Um, so I'm hoping that will be one of the real highlights of the box set um, when we come to it for um, season 17. Douglas Adams, I mean, even though as a script editor, he perhaps isn't that solid as a writer i think he produces some brilliant ideas for doctor i mean you look at these three scripts they're just full of crazy imagination and i, and I have a good strong feeling this documentary as you said might be the real highlight of this set absolutely yeah exactly i'm, I'm certainly very hopeful for it um and then we've got the the new in conversation document of sort of conversation obviously hence it's called in conversation with matthew sweet where interestingly they've gone for bob baker which i thought was quite an interesting choice he's you know he wrote well in this season nightmare of eden but you know slightly more famous stories um outside of that like the three doctors among others um and the clause of axos and i don't know what else is he what else he's written guys click throw some at me i can't actually remember armageddon factor yeah. Yeah. Of time yes i can't remember any more um, than that he's definitely done more i'm gonna have to google it aren't i I think he might have done clock. Yeah, I think he might have done Claws of Axos. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, I think that he might have. I know he did the Invisible Enemy because he was the one who co-created Canine, and that was um, one of the stories. He, so he did these Canine's first story, but oh, yeah, I can't remember much more. Than that. I yeah, found I've got what he's done. He's yeah. done Claws of Axos, Mutants, Three Doctors, Sontaran Experiment. Hand of Fear, Invisible Enemy, Underworld, Armageddon Factor, and Nightmare of Eden. I think it's fair to say that's a mixed bunch. Yeah. You know, you've got good ones, like The Three Doctors is pretty good. Claws of Axos is yeah, also a pretty solid good. story. Hand yeah. of Fear is not that bad, but then you've also got Underworld, Armageddon Factor, Nightmare of Eden. Oh. It's not a great run for your final three stories as well, is it? Um, no. But, you know, <laughs> that's, that's just... But it'll be interesting to see what he has to say, to be fair. I'm looking forward to hearing... You know, and obviously he's going to probably talk about that Wallace and Gromit as well because that was um, he was on the big things behind that as well, which I think is quite interesting. Um, we got behind the sofa, and remarkably, there is no Janet Fielding or Sarah Sutton on behind the sofa this time round. Um, I think it's only the second one they haven't been on out of ten now, or maybe third one, something like that. They've they've certainly been on most of them. Um, so we've got Colin Baker um, and was it Colin Baker and Matthew Waterhouse were they together? I think weren't they? Um, and then Katie Manning and Nicola Bryant, which I also think is a great combination. Um, and then June Hudson, Graham Harper and Matt Irvine. Now, I'm really looking forward to hearing what Graham Harper has to say. I think it's going to be fascinating to hear what he's, you know, having worked on the new show, but, his, but this was his time back on the old show. I think it's really, really interesting to just hear his perspective on this. I think that'll be really, really fun. Um, and getting Colin's take on it as well. Colin reacting to um, this stuff, I think, is going to be quite, quite fun. Don't you guys agree? 
Yeah, I think that I think this these could be the best behind the sofas ever. I think mm. even though I'm still yeah. surprised that Janet Fielding could say such an answer because I think this would have been the right material for them. But yeah. anyway, this what we've got as a guest like I think is is not that bad because again, just seeing the, the trailer, just seeing the previews, and just seeing their reactions to it. I, I think we're going to be in for an absolute blast with them watching. I mean, yeah. we could clearly see Matthew Waterhouse's reaction to possibly a Rato showing up. Indeed. Indeed. Absolutely. I, talk about I feel the most, like, the, the part I'm looking forward to most about this entire box set is probably Colin Baker and Matthew Waterhouse reacting to basically all of Creature from the Pit. Yeah, I think that is it's going to be one of the highlights of the Blu-ray range, to be honest with you. I don't think it's going to get much better than that. Um, and just seeing them all react to Graham Crowder in the Horns of Nymon, I think is going to be also a lot of fun. Um, so that's definitely going to be something to look forward to. Um, we've also got a Lad Award interview, which looked like an archive interview, which slightly confused me. It looked like it was actually the interview they used when they did the documentaries on the DVD. DVDs back in like the late 2000s just for some reason they're kind of putting it all together because they haven't they've, they've, they've definitely recorded a recent interview with her for the Douglas Adams tribute but I don't think this is a recent interview I think this is from like 2007 2008 just they never put it all together in one package um, I don't know did you guys get the same impression from the um, trailer yeah I think I got that I think when they did a Graham Williams documentary for the I believe the key to time box set. Yeah, um, sounds about right. There, there were snippets of that in yeah. in it, so I'm, I imagine this is probably the full feature length interview so can, yeah. of that, um, just basically unedited, and it's just all in its entirety. Indeed, and well, the other big thing I feel like that. Having followed, you know, Gallifrey Base forums for a very, very long time, the, one of the biggest topics of conversation for the, the last three years of the Blu-ray range was on season 17, A, will there be Sharda? And B, will we get an episodic Sharda? Um, of course, the answer is yes, we do have six a six-part version of Sharda. So, um, Charlie, are you bothered? Are you excited about a six-episode version of Sharda? Or will you stick to the Omnibus 2017 version? I don't know. What's your plan? I am actually, yeah, I'm really happy that they're releasing it in an episodic format. I do like how they released it as this basically, this, you know, two, two and a half hour long film. But um, I think you said this in the Sharda, you know, special pod that we did a few months ago. Um, It feels very difficult to just stop somewhere because it's all, you know, stitched together. Then it feels hard to just stop somewhere Mm. and then carry on. Whereas if we've got episodes, just two episodes, you know, next day, another two, next day, another two, it just makes it a lot easier to watch. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be interesting how they edit it all together. I mean, it's a shame that our Sharda podcast is out of date after just a couple of months. You know, of course they had to give us one more version of Sharda. We were, it's not like when you have about six or seven already. Let's add another one into the mix. Who, you know, can't complain. When I heard the news, <laughs> I was just like, of course, after we did our Sharda episode, of course they had to release the definitive yeah. version. I mean, I had a feeling, I had a good, strong feeling Sharda was going to get included in the set because yes. oh, yeah. it's definitely part of season 17, mm. but of course, they had to do another version. Just, I think, I think they must have listened to our podcast and just like, okay, yeah. what can we do to kind of mess things up? Let's do an, another definitive version. Well, exactly. Yeah, it's 
I guess we had to expect they were going to do it, didn't didn't we, ultimately? But, you know, I'm sure I will, at the very least, check out the cliffhangers just to see how they did that bit. And to be fair, they did say, I I have read some stuff, that it has been generally updated a little bit, just in some tidying up of some of the animation where it's a bit rough around the edges and things at the time because of time and budget and whatever, I think. So it will be a slight improvement all round, but clearly the main thing will just be there's cliffhangers, the music slightly edited to be able to fit in cliffhangers. And I'll be intrigued to see at what points in the story they decide to go for the cliffhangers as well. I, I think there was some camera some scripts at some point that had cliffhangers in them but um i'll be interested to see exactly where they they sort of choose those moments for it because i feel like when you watched the full version it wasn't like there was an obvious moment where oh yeah there should have been a cliffhanger there so i think it'll be quite interesting really um and then the last few things we've got new audio commentaries on um destiny of the daleks and city of death um tom baker's doing um destiny of the daleks it'll be fun just hear tom just him and matthew sweet talking about destiny of the daleks i think that's gonna be quite nice um, and then Lala Ward and Catherine Shell on um, City of Death as well. I think that was recorded like three years ago now, from what I remember. But um, yeah, it's good to have it, if, if nothing else, even if it's a little bit out of date already. Um, and then kind of the final, well, there's special effects on um, Nightmare of Eden. That's the, the story. I guess they were struggling for stories that needed special effects because there's not really that much in this season. Um, I can't imagine that's going to make me super much more excited for Nightmare of Eden. But, you know, there we go. It's They've decided to do it. Um, and then to top it off, we've got the 5.1 um, surround soundtracks on Destiny of the Daleks and Sharda. I think Sharda already had it on the Blu-ray release, but you know that's that's ported over, and presumably with the edited music, there'll be a version of that on there alongside um, a nice one for Destiny. I, I personally really enjoy the 5.1 soundtracks. I think they can make a big difference to it. So um, obviously, you've got all of the you know previously released special features and a few con- bit of convention footage and you know all the classic stuff, the production notes and um, production subtitles and all the um, PDF files and things. So it looks like another great box set to me. Um, what are you, Charlie? What are you most excited about based on what you've seen? What, if there's one, you know, piece of van, one documentary, one thing, what would you say you're most looking forward to apart from Creature from the Pit um, behind the sofa? Um, probably the Douglas Adams documentary. If I'm being yeah. honest, I'm just really excited for it. I, although his era, you know, as script editor was a bit rough around the edges, I do generally enjoy it, and I'm a huge fan of you know Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and that. So it should be you know really good to have a sort of documentary on him because we've got loads of documentaries about the others, but this yeah. this whole era really, the Williams era, seems to have been overlooked quite a bit. So mm-hmm. I'm also glad that they're doing a um, collection box set on it. So yeah, probably the Douglas Adams documentary. Yeah, exactly. What about you, Ryan? What would you is, would you say it's the same, or is there another feature that you're particularly excited for? I would agree the same with Charlie. Um, I think the Douglas Adams documentary, I think, is definitely going to be the highlight of this set, absolutely. Because as I said, I think Douglas Adams is such has such a very clear, vivid, creative imagination, and so yeah. the chance to have a sort of retrospective documentary is definitely is definitely well earned and. Interestingly enough, I noticed when looking through the, the list, the Paul McGann Sharda isn't included. Indeed. So it seems like maybe my hunch about there may be, may be a Wilderness Years box that might be true if they're saving all the Paul McGann stuff for that set. So Yes, I, I did notice it. Good. Yeah, it did seem very interesting that they decided to leave the Paul McGann version out. I'm sure they could have made the disc space if they wanted to include it. So... I think, as you say, Ryan, you could be onto something there. Even if maybe it's not like officially commissioned yet, like I feel like they're planning for a Wilderness Years box set. There's just so much content that it would make would make complete sense to do it. Um, you know, 
only time will tell but i'm pretty optimistic there will be um so that's season 17 which is released on the 13th of december so we've only got a couple of months to wait until that and of course close to the time we'll talk more about it and we'll give you guys um the lowdown on it once it's released we'll watch all those documentaries and have a little chat about them um probably early in the new year i imagine or maybe just before christmas we'll see we'll see you know we've got the time or if they actually release it on time um but of course just quickly we've got about 10 minutes left um and so the other big news of the week of course announced over the weekend was Doctor Who Series 13 or Doctor Who Flux is finally back um, on the 31st of October. So we've got less than three weeks to wait until the new series of Doctor Who. Um, it's been a slightly odd couple of days as a Doctor Who fan. We spent 24 hours without Doctor Who as a social media presence, which ultimately seems to have been for no reason at all. I don't know. Have you guys worked out why um, they changed their logo and then they posted the new promo pics and the likes? Um, but that seemed to me to be about it. Um, so I was slightly confused by that. Um, I don't know, Charlie, what has your take been on the, the Doctor Who's marketing marketing strategy over the last, um, you know, few days? Um, if I'm being honest, I haven't actually had the opportunity to follow it a whole lot because I've been on holiday this weekend. Ah, so um, it's, it's not been a great time for things to be announced. And now. <laughs> like, oh, no, I can't make videos on these. You know what we're going to do? I'll probably make them tomorrow or something. But yeah, um, yeah it's... Um, it's been a bit strange because I haven't really had time to actually properly look into Doctor Who socials and all, you know, YouTube, Doctor yeah. Who channels I follow. Um, so I've just been sort of looking at my YouTube notifications like, mm. what was this Doctor Who flux? Social mm. medias are down. It, yeah, it's just been very hectic. Yeah. Um, and it was it was pretty obvious that it was building up to some sort of trailer or release date or something. And I'm glad we have one now. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's certainly good news. Um, I mean, Ryan, yeah, we finally got that little teaser clip not even clip just that teaser um on saturday evening uh where we saw jody for 20 seconds and she talked to us about the fact that monsters are returning um i don't know did, did does it get you excited about the series i'm really sorry to say that i still can't muster up the excitement i mean to be honest i feel like there's been very little marketing and i just feel like the biggest marketing we've practically got was the announcement that Chibnall and Whitaker were leaving. That's probably been the only real big announcement they mm -hmm. did about this season. Um, uh, I mean, yes, they announced Grey Worm from Game of Thrones is coming back, but um, apart from that, um, <laughs> it feels like um, it, there hasn't been that much to it. And the fact that Russell was announced as the new the returning showrunner only a few weeks before this season, it just... It feels like this season has been kind of been thrown under a bus in a certain way because it's just like, who's really going to pay attention out? From what I've seen on the social media, it feels like more people are excited about what's coming next than they are right now. And it just feels like I kind of feel, actually feel a little bit sorry for Chibnall and Whitaker and all the people who have worked on this season because yeah. it's like they've worked so hard, especially during this, the pa during pandemic. And they're just, it kind of feels like they've been left in the dust. And that even when they sound they're going to be a season storyline, I just can't feel must up the excitement for it. And with the announcement that when it's all about the flux and this is going to be like the season arc, I mean, like, does a quest really that work in Doctor? I mean, they did it with the key to time. And, um, but even then with the key to time, it just feels like, okay, we got the bit. Let's mainly concentrate on the adventures. It was more about the adventures than it was collecting the key. And then, of course, they did a quick little wrap-up at the very end of that season. And Trial of a Time Lord, well, I have my grievances <laughs> with that. I don't think it yeah, that. and we'll discuss that next week. Yeah. But um, because of the 
I feel like the bar's been set pretty low in terms of quests, storylines adopted. I just can't see how this is going to do that much improvement. I mean, I'm hoping I'm wrong, but I, again, I just can't really must up the enthusiasm, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I like the idea. I think the idea is good. I think that Doctor Who Flux has potential. I mean, you know, it's a bit of an it's an unusual name. It's a bit of a Chibnall name, you know, like the Ux from Battle of Ranskorav Kolos. And it just feels like a very, although it is a real word, it feels like a very Chris Chibnall-y word to choose. So I'm sure he came up with that idea. Um, but I think it's just going to be all about the execution. Like, as you say, a quest plot line for a series of Doctor Who, it could work, but it also might not. And I hope, I really hope it does. I really want the Chibnall and Joke and Witch Career to go out on a high for it to to not end on a whimper for people to actually get to the end of it and feel like sure yeah maybe we were more excited for russell t davis doctor who but actually right now we're really enjoying this series of doctor who that's what i hope comes out of it but i just don't think we can have any real confidence in that based on what we've seen so far in this era um and as we say the marketing has just been a bit bizarre like we got this teaser but we still don't actually have any footage from any of the episodes like they managed to do a teaser where they said the Santarans are coming back, the Weeping Angels are coming back, and something called the Ravagers, which might be from Christopher Eccleston's Big Finish, but we don't even know. Um, and then didn't actually show us anything. It was just bizarre. Yeah, it's just, I feel like the marketing has been pretty much non existent. I mean, I, say, I feel like the marketing for the entire channel here has been diminishing less yeah. and less as each season has gone on. It, it's yeah. like. I feel like even the BBC are not really bothered about Chibnall anymore. I think they're more focused on what's coming after. Even the BBC are just like, we want to get to the next year as soon as possible. Yeah, indeed. Like, I can kind of understand the idea of waiting until closer to the time to really go heavy on the marketing. Like, that is fairly standard for TV programmes apart from Doctor Who nowadays, is you don't announce the release date, you know, three months before it happens. For for a lot of sort of standard BBC dramas, I'm not saying Doctor Who is, but for more classic programmes. And so I can kind of understand that, but it also feels like they're not going massive on the marketing. Maybe that will come in the next week. But so far, I don't feel like we've got that much apart from a name and a release date. It, that you know, Can I get excited about a release date and a name? Not really. I don't know. Charlie, when you saw the teaser, because I assume you, had to get, you, assume you got to see the actual teaser itself. Um, did, did it bring excitement for Series 13 for you? Kind of. I mean, it's quite nice that they've actually properly name dropped Sontarans and Weeping Angels yeah. and whatever on Earth Ravages are. Um, so it is quite nice that they're properly confirmed, yeah. um, even though it's, it, you know, they were basically confirmed before. Um, and the whole concept of Flux, you know, it's a nice sort of back to the future reference if it is one. Um, but like Ryan said, I, I want to get excited for Series 13 or Flux or whatever. But I, I just can't really. I just don't think eleven and twelve were all that great. As in the seasons, not the doctors. They were fantastic. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I, my friends, some of them are um, like fans of Doctor Who. They're not exactly Whovians as such. Yeah. They probably you know don't know what like Big Finish and the collection ranges. But yeah, yeah. they watch Doctor Who. If they didn't know that the new season was arriving soon, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. And I think that's the fundamental problem ultimately, isn't it? That just the show hasn't been talked about for so long, but they've got to go really hard on the marketing. Hopefully the, the idea will work and it will be, if we tell people just before, then they'll remember, oh, it's happening in a couple of weeks. Okay, I'll watch it. But also maybe it's not enough time. I don't know. We shall see. But as much as we're not that excited about Series 13, we are also going to be doing weekly podcasts about Series 13. We thought, you know, we've got a podcast We'll tie it into the Blu-ray somehow, um, but we will talk about every episode of Series 13 in weekly podcasts, so keep a lookout for that um, from the 31st of October onwards. Not quite sure what day of the week, but they will come at some point during that week. 
Um, I think that's just about all we have time for in this special bonus edition of Kavam. Um, but we'll be back again next week for a proper episode to discuss season 23 because the box set um the sort of re-release of the box set came very recently um and we'll be you know just breaking that down discussing all features on it if people are looking to interested to get it get it as well um but i hope you guys have enjoyed this edition of Kavam. we'll be back next week to discuss season 23 so see you then and goodbye for now